Welcome to the 98th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight are Ash Collins and Mark Nadeau. Ash, how's everything this evening? Totally tubular, dude. Fantastic. And how about you, Mark? You finally all uh, moved into your new place? It's getting there. I was able to unpack all my Blu-rays and my DVDs. I have no clue where I'm putting my TV box sets yet. So, okay. More yeah. importantly, did you get the uh, cat fur off the ground yet? Yeah, uh, I've okay. been pretty much uh, reacting free for about two days now. <laughs> Huge <laughs> difference. Huge difference. Good. Uh, but it's funny. I bought some Billy shelves from IKEA. Yeah. Oh, I guess two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know you could buy more shelving for it. Like just more shelves within the unit itself. Oh, okay. So the Billy bookcase is about ninety nine bucks Canadian. Yeah, so I want to pick up some more shelving to slap on my Blu-rays in those shelves because I had my bo- my TV box sets in there and mm. uh, whatever I was holding for my Blu-rays uh, in my old condo. It's too fragile to move, so I'm just gonna chuck it. It's, it's garbage, anyways. So I go gotcha. to IKEA and I buy four more shelves because uh, that's all I needed for the second uh, bookcase. Twenty bucks a shelf. So the unit's worth ninety nine. Oh shit! But for four shelves with tax, they came out to ninety Canadian. Oh man! That said, though, all the Blu-rays are uh, are shelved alphabetically. Uh, they're in alphabetical order. Yeah, and there's wiggle room. So uh, yeah, so I can I can purchase more, <laughs> and I shall. And that's what I will purchase all of them. God damn it! <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, very good. So far, so good. Good. So, tonight we are continuing our Transformers arc with a review of Transformers Age of Extinction from 2014. And we're also going to talk about the featured film from week four of the sixth annual Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge, Darkman from 1990. First, though, let's talk about social media and how you can follow us outside of just listening to the podcast. Email us at contact at cinefessions.com. Find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. And leave us a voicemail. At one three zero two four four eight talk, that's one three zero two four four eight eight two five five. You can find us at on Facebook at facebook.com backslash cinefessions, and you can find us on Instagram at cinefessions, where Mark posts tons of reviews and his media pickups and all that fun shit. You can find us there. And uh, as as we've been saying, we love social media because it gives us direct access to you, our listeners. And uh, that's really important to us. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us on any of those platforms to let us know that, one, you're listening and let us know how we can improve or what else you'd enjoy us uh, hearing us talk about so that we can keep our episodes as interesting and uh, engaging as humanly possible. Do you want to see a new segment on the show each week? Give us some suggestions. Should we change a segment, get rid of a segment? Let us know. You and you alone have the power to help shape this show. So please don't hesitate to wield that power. Mark, you uh, get naked and do the hula. You know, you can always throw that in too. Yeah. Yeah, if you think that, we should be an all-American podcast without the Canadian, let us well, know. Uh, you have the power. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm going to change all the passes on social media. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so oh, uncool. I, I was up for the nudity hula hoop thing yep. Patreon. But then if you're going to fade me out of everything else, you can go fly a kite. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, most importantly, if you guys are listening and enjoying what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. 
Um, as I always say, you cannot overstate how important iTunes are to uh, iTunes reviews are to a podcast's success. So the only way we can continue to grow is with your help. So anyone who leaves us a review on iTunes will be helping us out immensely. So thank you in advance for all of your support on iTunes. All right, Ash, what have you been up to this past week? Uh, stuff and junk. Um, <laughs> I figured see. as much. Where were yeah. you stuck in junk? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What was last? Last week was Battle of the Decades, right? Uh, yes. And I, I think I ended with the fly. Yeah. Yep. Um. So I ended up watching the 1968 Night of the Living Dead classic. Um. The uh, I watched Frankenstein Created Woman, which was in 1967, which is a Hammer Films um production uh yeah. with um oh shoot uh the guy from star wars new hope uh crap not christopher i keep trying to say christopher lee and it's not christopher lee um the guy who played <sighs> christoph waltz we're seeing christoph waltz no, no. no, no. Chris oh my Dale? god peter cushing that's it thank cushing, you thank you god that was oh, annoying peter i couldn't cushing. think of it yeah yeah it's oh. got peter cushing playing uh frankenstein um it's a very different take on it i think um, I actually haven't seen the original. I just happened to find this one streaming, so I watched it just to give it a shot. Kind of messed up. Um, really weird, and it's kind of like a, a revenge flick. Um, I don't know if it would actually... I don't think it qualifies as a rape revenge flick, but it's definitely a, at least a revenge flick. Um, we'll go with that. Um, I think it was worth a watch. If you like, you know, the Frankenstein stuff, but it's kind of, it's a little weird. Even hmm. from 1967. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was creative. They did get creative with some of the stuff they did. So, uh, but, uh, and then we moved into superheroes. So I watched Iron Man. Uh, and then to get extra points, I watched Hellboy. Uh, and to get more extra points, I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2014, which was still a lot of fun. Um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadow from last year, which, it's the first time I watched it, it happened to be on Hulu, um, it's not as bad as I think people were making it out to be, but it's no. not good, it's not, it's not, there's something missing from it that was in that first, the, the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I don't yeah, know I would agree it with is. you. it, it, it I mean, it's serviceable. It's just not nearly as much fun. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it was like they were pulling a little too much from the cartoon with it almost. So hmm. I, I, that's what, at least the feel I got. They're they banking too much on nostalgia without trying to do their own thing. Yeah, it, it, as my wife said, if you're going to make a new movie out of something, do something new with it. And they just kind of, they did and didn't at the same time. Yeah. But, um. Let's see what else uh oh um i also binged more of uh babylon 5 i've got i'm up to 11 episodes of season one for the challenge or this year so far (laughs) Um, (laughs) along with all the movies i've been watching plus we watched the last episode of season one of the handmaid's tale which was fucking awesome um yes it it, all all 10 episodes of the first season are on hulu streaming now so if you've got a chance to watch those i highly recommend it yeah it's sad and awesome all at the same fucking time (laughs) 
and that was pretty much where I'm at. I haven't had a ch- I've I've got Alien all downloaded, patched, and ready to go. I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Oh, okay. Um, for PS4, you're talking. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. So unfortunately, I've been uh, just busy as hell these last two weeks. So my free time during the week has been limited to either watching a movie for CSSC six or playing a video game for a little while. Um, it's been very rare over the past two weeks that I've been able to do both. Um, that said, my my busyness did pay off because I successfully married my cousin uh, cousins two weeks ago, as I mentioned. And then I married one of my best friends this past Saturday, and that was a great time. Her hey, mother that's called bigamy, pal. Yeah, you're <laughs> first of all, you married your cousin, and now yeah. it's your best friend. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, but Kentucky uh, bigamy, even. Jeez, that's how we roll here. So who's Jack and who's uh, – is there a Larry involved at all? <laughs> Three's company joke. No, it was not. Who's Farley? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to come back to Canada. <laughs> but the uh, her, her mother, the bride's mother, came up to me afterwards with tears in her eyes and said that I'd, I'd found my calling. So that was uh, as good a compliment as I could have ever asked for. So it was definitely all worth it in the end. But um, that said, I um, – Finally downloaded the Friday the 13th, the game, and that won out this entire week over watching any other movies that weren't required for the podcast. Uh, Chris and I have been playing the hell out of it, and it's just an absolute ton of fun. You're doing essentially the same shit over and over again uh, in reality, but it always feels different. I'm, uh, I believe, like a level seven or eight already, and I've played probably 12 to 15 matches, I guess. Um, I survived a, a number of times, um, but it's always a blast whether you're living or dying. I've actually not played as Jason yet, which is a bit frustrating. Um, I hear he isn't that great to play as, but I still want to do it at least once just so I can get an idea of what he sees so I can try and survive more easily when I'm a counselor. But I'm hoping that change soon, changes soon as I really want to try him out at, at least once. Um, the problem with the game in terms of connecting and staying connected are not 100% resolved by any means, but honestly, it hasn't been that big of an issue for Chris and I while we've been playing. Um, if the host leaves, it boots you out and it can definitely take a little time to get into a good group. But once you're in, it's well worth the wait. What's amazing to me about the game is that it's actually worth having a microphone for. I haven't played an online multiplayer game where I felt the desire to have my mic on since the days like like SOCOM on the PS2 or Rainbow Six Three on the original Xbox when it was still a novelty to, to be talking to people across the country or across the world. Um, and usually, as we all know, because we're all gamers, usually it's just filled with asshole racist kids taking all out all their pent-up swearing on you over the course of the match. But here it's actually helpful because the people playing, at least uh, most of the people that like we've run into while playing – actually use the help the mic to help each other out which is really nice um and the more teamwork there is the easier it is to survive so it just makes it a ton of fun um actually chris was able to talk this whole group of friends into letting us um get get the killing jason achievement and just as we all agreed that hey if we're jason you can kill me that's fine i'm totally down with that you guys get the achievement because there's like all these complicated steps that have to happen in order for it to to work and just as everyone agreed to it, we got disconnected. So that part sucks. But usually the connection isn't terrible. Um, but I'm loving Friday the 13th, the game I'm, I'm playing on PS4. Um, and if you've been waiting to purchase it, I, I definitely think now's the time. Um, it's a shit ton of fun and there's a lot of people playing. 
And so it really makes it uh, worthwhile right now. And I know, Mark, you have the game, but you haven't um, like hooked up your PS4 yet since you've been at the new place, right? Yeah, I hook it up, but I haven't had a chance to game at all. Okay. Like, the only time I've played the Friday the 13th, the game was on launch day. And oh. uh, I think I might have gotten two full games in. Okay. So uh, I'm hoping yeah. once the dust settles here, once pretty much once I get back from Winnipeg, I'll be able to play. But that's not till like mid July. So gotcha. I'll be probably MIA game wise, apart from my Switch until then. Yeah, very good. And actually, that's about it, except for like a stray game of FIFA 16 every once in a while this week. I did finish another season on there, uh, this time with my Philadelphia Union franchise. And I really need to get another striker this off season. But I'm actually in the uh, the MLS Cup right now in that tournament. So hopefully I can win there because it's hit and miss, man. That fucking game, man, what a pain in my ass that can be. I've uh, upped the difficulty since the last season and... Uh, I win a lot still, but fuck, every game is just a fucking dogfight, which is, makes it a lot more fun and frustrating. Things get hit a lot more, but that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, oh, I did uh, I did decide to renew my uh, WWE Network subscription so that I could watch Money in the Bank Why? this past Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, and I have to admit, I was a bit impressed. Um, the matches themselves were really good. It was just the booking that was shit. Which is the story of the current WWE product. Um, do you care if I – you don't give a shit, right, Mark? I don't give a flying fuck. Okay. Baron Corbin won the main event and is now Mr. Money in the Bank, which means I can officially not give a shit again. But um, that said, it was my first WWE I've watched in like over two months, I think. And it was honestly a lot better than I expected. Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal was fucking incredible because the St. Louis crowd was on fire. They love their hometown boy, Randy Orton, and they hate that un-American Jinder Mahal. Literally, they're using the same fucking like xenophobic gimmicks to get people to hate him. And it's ridiculous that it's working, but God bless America, right? But anyway, the guy is fucking fantastic. I was really blown away by how... How, how great of a worker he is. And obviously, Randy Orton's excellent. So, them two together, oh, it was just so much fun. It was such a great match. It was another silly finish, but it actually worked really well. Like, it worked for me, at least, because apparently it was like the same exact finish from the Extreme Rules pay-per-view the month prior. Uh, but I didn't see that. And so, it worked for me. Um, and after watching that match, I am sold on Jinder Mahal being a legitimate champion in the company. Like, he's awesome. He's really, really good. I'm really impressed. Um, so that event alone was worth my 10 bucks. I'm, I'm definitely say, um, but what pissed me off is they have the first ever woman's money in the bank, uh, ladder match and who fucking pulls the briefcase down, but a fucking man, what's his name? Uh, Ellsworth throws it down to Carmella, which was just fucking stupid, but I don't know. It was still uh, enjoyable though. Um, I'm sure I'll watch some more old shit while I'm on there. Um, I probably won't watch the next pay-per-view, Great Balls of Fire, um, but we'll see how SummerSlam's card looks, and I'll decide Why if not? I'm going to keep it, it or not. It sounds so good. It's the stupidest fucking pay-per-view name I've ever heard in my life. Plus, it's Joe versus Lesnar, as if you would want to watch that. You know, I do you, love Samoa Joe, so that I'm kind it, of interested you know. in. But You pay for the month. That's right. But yeah, so that's it. Uh, no more movies to talk about, unfortunately. My week was dedicated to uh, the wedding and Friday the 13th the game. So what about you, Mark? Uh, honestly, not too, too much up until yeah. today because I'm still uh, waist deep in uh, cardboard boxes. It's recycling day tomorrow, so I can get rid of a whole ton of boxes. Oh, good. Very excited. Um, 
looking back on my letterbox, I couldn't log in earlier. I don't know why. Um, if you want to speak of um, this, so I watched on Netflix. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And that's that, the name of it, or is that how you're feeling right now? <laughs> that's the name of the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's written and directed by Macon Blair, and he's been in all of the Jeremy Saulnier films. Like that Blue name's Ruin, familiar. Blue Ruin, Green Room. Oh, and yes. Murder okay. Party. Yeah. So he directed this is his first film, and uh, I was blown away by it. It felt a lot like a Saulnier movie. Like you could see his fingerprints in the film, even though it had nothing to do with the production, but it just felt like one. Um, it's about, uh, this woman called Ruth by, uh, uh, she's played by Melanie Linsky and, uh, she's depressed and she uh, gets home. Her home's burglarized or burglarized, pardon me. The police won't do anything. So she decides to take things in her own hands and, uh, she enlists the help of, um, of Elijah Wood who plays Tony sporting sunglasses, a rat tail, and he's a martial arts enthusiast. So together they solve the crime of who broke into her house. It mm. is so fucking good. Oh, I give it five stars. Like it is so good. Um, obviously I'll be writing about this later on, next, uh, probably next month when I do my, uh, my Netflix follow up. Um, uh, but I just have to talk about it now. Uh, it came out maybe, ooh, two months ago on Netflix. Maybe okay. Sooner than that. Actually it says here February. So there you go. It's been a few months. Um, it's, I loved it. This is probably my favorite film I've seen this year. I'm trying to think back if I give any, any other films five stars. I don't think I have. This film was fucking good. So I highly recommend that. Um, apart from that, um, again, because of the move, I was able to watch a few films. So I posted today about Inside Man, the Spike Lee joint from 2006 with, um, with Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, uh, Judy Foster involves uh, a bank robbery with hostages. And Denzel, yeah. he's a detective. Keith Frazier, and he is the negotiator for the uh, for the situation. And uh, it's fucking good. I really, I don't know why I hold on to these great films for so long. I got to stop buying in bulk and like buy one or two at a time, watch them, and then buy another mm-hmm. two. Amen. But shipping's cheaper when you buy in multiples, right? Yeah. Um, it's just more, much more fun to open a box full of movies than a, with a box. Exactly. But uh, this one is really good. Um, again, it, it's a crime thriller slash, I wouldn't say it's a mystery. It's more of a crime thriller, but it's like, it's a light thriller. It's really, it's not that intense, but it's just good. You got good actors in it. You know, Christopher Plummer's in it as the owner of the bank. Willem Dafoe, he's the like SWAT captain. And it's like the first time in a long time where I don't see him as a psychopath or as a crazy. He just acted like a fucking normal guy, which mm. was refreshing. You know what I mean? Though Sometimes he goes all bug eyes and you know how walking goes walking and right. De Niro does De Niro. Well, like Defoe goes Defoe sometimes, you know? Yeah. And uh, he was just a normal guy, which was kind of cool to see. Um, as well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck up this name. Um, Chiwilti Ejiofor. He was, I believe, in the most recent uh, Marvel. F- no, not the most recent, but he was in the Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also recently in Triple uh, Nine. Um, he's really good in this movie. Twelve um, Years a Slave. Yeah, he's great actor. I, I didn't see that one, but uh, yeah. Uh, so he's uh, he's really good in this one as well. So yeah, I, I recommend Inside Man. It was decent. And you know, I watched that. I watched like it's pissing me off because I watched like three quarters of that movie okay. on a plane ride. 
back mm-hmm. it had to be like 2007 2008 2000 somewhere like many years ago and i really liked it but yeah. i never like bought it to finish it and so i okay. still don't know how the fucking thing ends but I, I know it's a really good movie from what i saw yeah i just never finished it so i definitely have to yeah it's good it's it's worth it plus it's a spike lee film so you know it's quality right yeah um so apart from that i watched uh, two today probably watch another one tonight uh melissa comes back tonight at midnight so i'm gonna try to Watch one more, pick her up, then go to bed for three and a half hours, go to work tomorrow, <laughs> oh, which will be, uh, well, yesterday for those listening on Friday. No. Is today Wednesday? Today's only I Tuesday. I love that you struggle with this every week. It makes me Anyways, so <laughs> It's my little mind fog, right? Um, oh, so man. I'm going to have reviews coming up uh, this uh, weekend for, uh, well, I guess on one on Thursday for The Jacket from 2005. With Adrian oh, with uh, that was such a weird fucking movie. I need to watch that again because it's weird. It was yeah, it was different. Um, wasn't expecting the uh, the boob scene with Keira Knightley. Hmm. Uh, I'm never going to poo poo that. Um, yeah, right. Uh, it, it was interesting. It felt it felt kind of Jacob's Lottery to me, even though I've not it, seen it, that. But... Oh, it's like from Eight with uh, with uh, Tim. Yeah, I know of it. Uh, I just haven't uh, haven't sat down to watch it. Fuck what? What? Uh, it was Susan Sarandon and Tim. Robbins. Just Tim kidding. Robbins, that's it. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, is it really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is Tim Robbins. Um, yeah, so uh, it just it had that vibe. And again, I haven't seen Jacob's Ladder in a long time, so I could be completely off you know, my, my case. But just when I was watching this film, I'm like, man, this feels like a Jacob's Ladder style film. Just the way it's shot and like the trippy stuff. Yeah. And uh, also, really weird to see Daniel Craig uh, with long, dark hair. Like, it, it was weird because, you know, he's blonde now and he's, you know, blonde hair, right. blue eyes. And here yeah. he's got, like, this really dark hair. It just seemed really weird to me. He plays an asylum uh, or a uh, – he's criminally insane. So, he's in a uh, – he's in an institution. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll, I'll put some more thoughts on that. I'm going to write that uh, review tomorrow and probably post that up on Thursday. And then just before recording tonight, yeah. with mo- minutes to spare, I watched 2003's King of the Ants. Uh, oh. Directed by Stuart Gordon. Oh, yes. Okay. Holy fuck, is this horrible. Oh, really? Um, I thought this was a horror movie. Well, first of all, I didn't know it was Stuart Gordon, but the fucking cover of the DVD is a man's head with the yeah. features like scribbed <laughs> off, and it just says mm-hmm. King of the Ads and like sutures. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be a horror film, and it's not. Uh, but oh, such a weird cast. George Wentz in it. Um, Carrie Woolher, uh, Woo-her. she was the Doritos girl for a while. She was in uh, Sliders. She's in Anaconda. She's also naked in this movie, so that was fun. Hmm. Um, and who, oh, who else? Uh, Vernon Wells uh, from uh, Mad Max 2 and from Commando. He's in it as well. Daniel Baldwin. Um, <laughs> so it's got some decent actors. The lead, I don't like. Chris McKenna, not a fan of as well. Um it's it's a bad film. It's a horrible movie. I'm actually mm. surprised Stuart Gordon made this film. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'll probably have to I'll flesh my my thoughts, uh, uh, you know, uh, in my in my post here. But uh, it's 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 horrible. It, it's got six point three out of ten uh, on IMDb. Uh, I give it point five stars on Letterboxd. Like it's that bad. It's probably one of my top ten uh, worst films this year. Um, so apart from that, uh, that's all I watched this weekend or okay. I guess this week, you know, minus the films we're, we're uh, speaking of tonight. 
But uh, just, I've been, you know, moving boxes, playing a human version of Tetris for the last three days. So, right. So, yeah, but everything's awesome though with the projector, finding an Good. HDMI cord. I've hooked up four things to it with an HDMI switcher box. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting for my uh, for the couch to be uh, disassembled and brought downstairs tomorrow. And uh, instead of uh, staying on a sitting on a beanbag chair that's really hurting my back, <laughs> I'll have a couch to uh, lay upon. And I used so- to have a. A WWF yeah. beanbag chair when I was a kid, and it was fucking fantastic. Of course, you're a fucking mark. You're a Hell fucking yeah, mark. I am. Don't you forget, it had Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Big Boss shirt, Man on it. Buy the merch, boo the bad guys. You're such That's a right. Mark. Oh, you have. You are absolutely right. <laughs> um, oh, Jinder Mahal's the greatest. <laughs> he's really good. Have you seen him? No. Okay, well, yeah, shut I, the I, fuck I've up. Seen him. You know, his vein is as big as my bicep. That's no, natural. He's fucking, That's yeah, natural. He's roided up like a motherfucker. But he's genuinely a good performer. So I will take nothing away from him. I was incorrect in my judging him before I actually saw him wrestle. So, And he's Canadian. Is he really? Sure is. Did not know that. Yeah. And it's, that's all for me. Yeah. Very good. Um, and just, I always thought King of the Ants was a horror movie as well, just based on the cover. Did not realize that it was not. So It's a, it's, it's a crime film. Yeah, a poorly we'll made shot on that. fucking uh, like camcorder. It's, oh, man. I can't believe Stuart Gordon made this movie. Uh, hmm. I might be in the minority. People might think this is fucking brilliant. Right. Oh, look at this guy. Review from 2012. One of Stuart Gordon's best movie in years. Oh, fuck yourself. Uh, oh, man. But if you look at Gordon's filmography during that time, there's nothing that really stands out that looks like, man, this is probably a classic. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. his, his best efforts were uh, in the beginning. Well, let, let's look at Robot Jocks. Well, yeah, I didn't like Edmund, which uh, I reviewed recently. King Nance was prior to that. I've always wanted to see Dagon, though. I, that's actually on my watch list on there. Yeah, I have not watched yeah, that one yet. Dagon yet? No, I've never seen. I, I've seen the VHS box like multiple times at, at Blockbuster back in the day. Never picked it up though. Uh, but he seems to have pe- peaked at uh, Castle Freak in '95. After that, it just looks like shit. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, and Stuck's bad. Stuck is fucking horrible. Yeah, I've not seen most of the later stuff. It just it gives that the covers, the posters give that like yeah, mid nineties direct to video. It's too bad, you know. It's yeah. really too bad. But that's just his director stuff. Like if you look, he's a writer. I like the dentist too. Again, that's ninety eight. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a while. It's almost twenty years. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 too bad. Oh, I I did uh, uh, pre order uh, arms for the Switch. But uh, it got shipped to my Quebec address, so I got to go uh, oh. to Quebec and pick it up. My uh, mail forwarding didn't uh, kick in yet, so uh, I've heard yeah. really good things about that. Which I thought the game looked stupid as fuck, so I'm surprised. But <laughs> really good reviews. Now yeah. I did I did cancel my uh, Splatoon two. Maybe I spoke about this last week, but I canceled my Splatoon two pre order, and I did pre order that Marvel Rabbids game instead. Um, that, that looks, looks a lot good. of fun. I really want to see. I really want to play that one because it's like a turn-based strategy game in the Mario yeah. universe. Like, that's fun. It might be up to my speed. Yeah. So, why not? Excellent. Cool. Very, very good, sir. All right. Yeah. So, let's move over to our review for the week. A little shorter week in media section than normal, but that's no problem. Uh, and that's actually Mark's fault because we rely on Mark to bring the bring the butter uh, during that section. But, hey, that's fine. Uh, if you got if you got to make, uh, but, you know, moving and shit, but, that's fine. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'll move back. I'll move back so I don't have to do this again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, damn. I'm, I fucking hate moving so oh, much. I know. Moving's the worst. 
But excellent. So we are talking about Transformers Age of Extinction, the fourth of five Transformer films. This one is from 2014. And as always, there will be spoilers for Transformers Age of Extinction and all three films that preceded it. So hopefully you are watching through these films as we are. So that way you don't have to worry about any spoilers. This is your last warning. So Transformers Age of Extinction from 2014, directed by Michael Bay, written by Aaron Kruger, just like the last film. It has an IMDb score of 5.7 out of the now 256,892 votes, a Metacritic score of 32. It had an 18% tomato meter and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 51%. It had a $210 million budget with a $245 million gross which is down um, about $55 million, maybe more, from the last film, which is interesting. So, Ash, what is your history with Transformers Age of Extinction? Um, saw it in theaters once. Uh, ended up getting a digital copy for free from uh, Sony. Thanks for that, Sony. Thanks. Um, and uh, I've watched it, like, this, I think this is only, like, the third or fourth time I've watched it. Okay. Very good. And what about you, Mark? I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I guess it only came out in 2014. And uh, watched it again uh, just uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, I've only seen it twice now. Very good. And that's what I was going to ask you, Mark. Um, did you watch this in 3D? No, uh, just oh, because okay. the glasses uh, that I have for my 3D TV, um, it's a different technology than the projector. Uh, yeah. The active passive thing. So, versus uh, passive, yeah. Yeah. So I'm watching it in 2D just because my TV isn't set up upstairs because of the mess. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were asking about battery life. I will tell you, we charged both of these like overnight beforehand, but they, uh, our glasses lasted through the entirety of this two-hour, 45-minute movie, so – well, that's it'll good. last for pretty much all movies, even if you charge it afterwards. That's not a problem. But. I know. Um, all right. So, yeah. Oh, for my history with this one, this is the first time I'm watching it. And I uh, I did watch it in 3D uh, yesterday. So, it was the first time I watched it. All right. So, right in the beginning here. So, like the last film, the very opening kind of moments in the last film were of like uh, prehistoric humans, I guess is what you'd call it. This time we're going back even further and we get the dinosaurs. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got some dinosaurs. So, mm-hmm. that was cool. And obviously, that is a uh, uh, precursor to what's to come late in the film. So, so let me say this right now. The 3D was fucking amazing. Quite literally, I said out loud, minutes in, wow, this 3D is incredible. Out loud. Like, it was insane. And as it went on, it it is by far, without a doubt, the greatest 3D I've ever seen on my home entertainment system ever. It is beautiful. Better than Avatar? I own Avatar in 3D. I have not watched it yet, so I can't Uh. tell you that. Well, uh, Bay did film some scenes with the IMAX, uh, with the IMAX cameras. Yes. So that would probably be the reason why it looks so exactly. good is that, you know, it was filmed, you know, it wasn't like 3D'd after the fact. So. Right. Exactly. And that's what Ash was talking about with the last one too. It was, he filmed with 3D cameras. And so he was able to go and correct me if I'm wrong, Ash, but I think that's what you said last week. He could go in, um, like after he shot the scene, see how it looked in 3D and figure out what f- tweaks he had to make, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like they yeah. can figure out they they've been doing it with all of the I think 
The first, though, I think from Dark of the Moon on, when he's been using the 3D, they have like literally like a truck parked just off of from where they're shooting. Okay. And they do all the processing right there, so he can just walk from set over to that, look at the film and see what they've got, and he can tell them, okay, do this, do that, you know, tweak this a little bit. But yeah, it, they do it right there and then, so they know exactly what they've got. Yeah, and I remember it looks. So, so much better even than the last film in 3D, which is amazing to me because it was only, well, I guess yeah, three years, right? So, you know, technology 14, advances. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I remember, I bought this. I, this was a time when I was buying a lot of stuff and I was in Chicago on my honeymoon, actually, I believe. Um, and uh, we had tickets for The Evil Dead, the musical. And right across from where that was taking place was the uh, Best Buy um, one of the Best Buys in Chicago there. And so we went in and I was looking and I saw the Transformers. I was like, oh, that's right. I wanted to pick this up because I didn't see it in theaters. I was going to pass on it. And then there's something on the box that caught my eye. It says expanded image as seen in IMAX 3D theaters. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like it's going to be cool. And so I picked it up anyway and I just finally watched it. So all this time, but damn, I'm glad that it sold me on it because it was true. Like it must have been the IMAX edition that made it look so much better. But Mark, if you get a chance, it, don't you have to watch the whole film again? But watch some of the scenes in 3D. Specifically, that opening scene was just mind blowing, and then um, some of the action scenes later on are just fucking incredible in 3D. Yeah, I want to just because you know, like I bought it in 3D, so I was really bummed I couldn't get it all set up for this week. But uh, right, I'll probably revisit eventually just because of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this- uh, yeah, I remember now, the, my wife reminded me, this one, uh, Age of Extinction and Dark of the Moon, we both, uh, both of those, we went down to IMAX to watch. Oh, okay. Uh, our IMAX theater that's like two hours away and watched it in 3D there, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely worthwhile. I can't imagine not seeing, I can't imagine not watching this in 3D, is what no, I'll I, say. I didn't see it in 3D in the theaters. Um, you did or you did not? I did. I did. Oh, okay. So, uh. But I, I honestly, I don't think I remembered it. I remember yeah. uh, the enjoyment level just because of the quality of the film. So, gotcha. Yeah. So I love the. Uh, so obviously, this takes place five years after the events of Chicago, and they're using Chicago as a you know a political tool to kind of rid the world of aliens. Or, you know, it was what they're trying to do basically. Um, and I love that sign. One of the very first signs you see when Mark Wahlberg's character is introduced. Remember Chicago. I love that sign. It says report alien activity. I was like, ooh, I like that. That's very cool. Um, and then you see that throughout a couple times throughout, and then they kind of show a flashback or um, they show like the city of Chicago and it's, you know, they have like the images on the, it's like the wallpaper image. I can't remember what it says on it now, but it has like the aliens image and whatever the hell it says on it. But it's really cool. I just like that uh, whole thematic uh, idea that kind of plays throughout this whole thing. The old theater, I thought, in the beginning, was one of the coolest sets I've seen in this series. It was absolutely beautiful. I loved it so much. Even with a giant fucking semi parked on the stage, it was awesome. Yes, it was (laughs) awesome. See, what I didn't like, though, was the whole, like, the son acting like such a dink to his... Was it his father or his grandfather? I think it was his, uh, his father. But, you know, the the father's reminiscing about, uh, you know, the theater and how, you know, he loved going and how there's so many memories. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, the son's like, ah, fuck, just sell all this shit. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I just didn't like that character at all. Yeah. I can't say I was a fan of him, but 
uh, he was there for like 30 seconds so i didn't didn't mind too much i guess but just a I, douche to be a douche you I know did like though was the whole uh finding of the truck yes. and the model of the truck uh, which is very, very reminiscent of obviously the G1 Optimus Prime, where he was the like the the flat uh, the flat truck compared to the uh, more regal looking truck that he's been using for the past three films. So yeah, I enjoyed the the callback to the original cartoon. Yeah, and I actually was surprised, but I actually liked that flat nose better. And I, at this point, I wasn't sure because I'd not seen this and I don't know the you know original shit at all. So I was like, oh, is that is that Optimus? I was like, I bet it is. And obviously, of course, it, it's going to be. But I think I like that design better than the non-flat nose, whatever the fuck, like the normal looking one. Yeah. I think yeah. it looks really cool. Yeah, I do too, but it's more of a nostalgic reason. Yeah. Um, My next note was, God bless Texas and its women. And uh, <laughs> that was at the introduction of um, daughter. Cade's daughter. What the hell is her name? Tessa, right? Yeah. Yes, yes Tessa. She was gorgeous. Um, uh, you know what? I'm I'm ranking her third out of the three Transformer girls so far. Oh, really? I, she would definitely yeah, be second for me. She did nothing for me whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, then again, she's also playing a 17 year old, and I am 38. But uh, I, I uh, again, you know, Megan Fox is number one, mm-hmm. and then uh, what's her name from uh, the last one? She's number two because um, I did not like. Uh, I did not like Tessa at all, or Nicola Peltz. See, I, just, I like I like the character, so I, think, I do too. Uh, I, yeah, I'd put her at two over. over yeah. Carly. Me as well, just because of, yeah, because of the the character who the character is. I just think she's a more uh, interesting and uh, engaging character than whatever her name was from the second from the last one. I can't remember. But now that said, though, if she was playing against Shia LaBeouf instead of Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Or even whatever her boyfriend is, uh, what was his name? Shane. Uh, Shane Dyson. Yeah, um, she would have probably fit in better with Shia because she's more of a girl next door compared to the models that he's been in the first two movies with. Right. You know, so I yeah. think their pairing would have made a lot more sense than her playing off of uh, Jack uh, Rayner and uh, Mark Wahlberg. I think it's just bad, bad timing for that character and for that actress. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that opening, uh, th- that scene there in the beginning with uh, Cade's interaction with the landlord. Um, they don't really, they introduce this idea that he's not paying his uh, mortgage, I assume, and that the landlord's going to like take over the house again, but it's not really important. It's just kind of there. Um, but it's still, I thought, brought a uh, humorous scene with the landlord that I enjoyed. So, yeah, whatever. I don't think it was a landlord. I think it was a real estate agent. Yeah, a real estate agent, whatever yeah. the fuck it was. Yeah. That person. Um, I liked that. Um, what did you guys think of what, what Lucas, TJ Miller's character? He was, Best part of the film. He was funny as fuck. Yep. Yes. I thought, okay. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. One of the reasons why I, my view on this film is a lot uh, lesser than the other films is because he got killed way too early. I was, at all. I was you genuinely know. shocked that he was gone because he was like the comedic relief of the film. And yes. I laughed at him. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed him. Um, I, I really like, uh, you know, his. Re- uh, he was like, I think she looks hot, like a hot 
teenager and okay's like oh yeah that makes it better I, I like their interaction together and i was just genuinely shocked that he died i thought for sure something was going to happen where he wasn't actually dead but obviously yeah. that's not the case um well, but bring it on himself so you know it's fine true he did um yeah. but I, I just find after after he died any comedic timing and level pretty much perished until uh, stanley tushy's i rebirth, love stanley tushy you know? yes. Uh, because like Mark Wahlberg was just not good in this movie. I, I despised him the whole time I watched it. Really? Oh, I, I love did. Mark Wahlberg. I like Wahlberg that's in this. Hilarious because this is one of the few movies I liked him in. Uh, yeah, see, I, I did not. I did not think it was funny at all. This forced. Oh, you can't date my hot daughter, you know, because I got to go pregnant back when I was seventeen. Uh, go fuck yourself. It just, you know what? He does these things where you know he, he's playing himself in these movies, where it's like he plays the same role in this. In Daddy's home, in uh, in fucking what's the one with the with the uh, with the gun pops um, uh, with Will Ferrell, uh, when he's a cop. Oh, Anyways, uh, 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 I the find, other guys, yeah, or... I, yeah, the other guys. I just find now he's playing a variation of Mark Wahlberg. You know, um, at least now I haven't seen Patriots Day, so I don't know about his more recent uh, dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. But I just find. Um, in his comedic roles and in this role, it was all the same one note for me. I um, I don't know. I I liked him in this, but I generally like him. Uh, so it's, I guess I like the the note that he plays. I guess I don't know. Um, and I thought, given the situation, he's a single father raising this girl who he's raised from birth. It makes sense that he'd be protective of her. I totally bought that. Is it um, protective. stereotypical? Yeah. Sure. Of course it is. It's been used in tons of movies. But did I buy it? Absolutely. Did it make sense? Absolutely. Mm. Especially this guy who's like a total fucking douchebag. I hated uh, Shane. He took quite a while for me to not hate him. But I thought he was a complete fucking douche. And so I could totally understand why Cade didn't like him. I didn't like him either. I liked him. I liked him when he first started driving. I dislike the whole, I carry a cart around. I know. Driving the Romeo and Juliet. What the walk. fuck was that? Yeah. yeah it's like, that. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. And he came, he, I, he, he, started pussy. Bonus, he started getting bonus points with me yeah. later on in the movie, though, when he just started freaking the fuck out. Yeah. He's like, you know, like that whole scene, you got my back? Yeah, I got your back. Oh, <laughs> and that was funny. Yeah. Surrender. But he is. He's <laughs> just a little bitch, basically, is what it turns into, which I'm not saying I wouldn't be, but. I mean, I don't know, just not what I expected from him. Um, yeah, but it did uh, did make me laugh. Yeah, absolutely. But and I think that's probably when I started liking him is because he made me laugh. And I've already said a thousand times on this podcast, if that makes me laugh, then I tend to enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. But um, I I love that uh, Fraser was in this. What the fuck's his name? I always yes, yeah, uh, uh, no, Fraser Crane. You know have it. Yeah, 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 Fraser Crane. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, Kelsey Grammer like plays him. some of the best fucking villains. I he does. hated him in this movie with yep. a fucking passion. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. He was and, so good at being an asshole. <laughs> and their, their uh, SWAT unit team called Cemetery Winds, that's a fucking cool name for a badass bunch of mercenaries. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that a lot. And the head of uh, of uh, Cemetery Winds, uh, the guy's name is uh, Titus Welver. Welver. Yeah, from Lost. 
Yeah, Lost, and he was in. Uh, I guess he's in a show called Botch right now, or Bosch. That's on. Uh, that's on Amazon, and uh, he was in um, in Deadwood. So I'm a big fan um, of that actor. Yeah, he's he also was in um, Supernatural. He played one of the four horsemen in Supernatural in the TV mm. show. Yeah, I think uh, season what season four, season five. I think season five. Either either hmm. season four or season five, but it was a while ago. But yeah, he was in Sons of Anarchy too. He's been in. Oh, okay. Lot. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. I like him a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wrote down at this point. I, I legitimately, it legitimately feels like the snow is blowing around my face. <laughs> like the 3D was so cool, and I, that happens a lot. Like with the dirt or dust flying around, it just feels like it's right fucking there, and I love that. But um, I liked Optimus in this one a lot because he felt older. Uh, his voice was like gruffer, and I really liked that because it just aged him and uh, made it feel more legitimate. Well, you've got well, yeah. He's also aging too. <laughs> in the act, yeah. No, absolutely, and it works. Yeah. It works for it. Um, I felt like this one. It just, it it felt like I was watching a completely different film series. Now that we've gotten this new set of characters, um, there's just a whole new feeling to it. There's some new shot selections, um, that Bay finds, uh, which I I noticed that sp- uh, specifically. Um, when like the CIA or when the whatever that unit was called the cemetery wind yeah Cemetery's that unit wind. yeah what what are they a CIA FBI or just something completely CIA yeah yeah thank you okay um, when they come to investigate like w- there was this really cool shot which frankly I don't remember what the fuck it was at this point to describe it but I just remember re- thinking that was a badass shot and it just felt different and so this whole thing you could definitely tell that the first three were a trilogy and now we're in something different um, and I actually like that about it. Oh, see, I, I, I didn't. I thought if they're going to like start over again, because in a way they are, you yeah. know, um, they should have just rebooted the whole film franchise. Um, at this point, it's like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to like new Autobots. And how, how many beacons from Earth is he going to send out in space to have new guys come down for every movie? Like, I don't think any of them died in this one. And I'm kind of bummed uh, because I didn't like any of these. Well, I saw you. I oh, liked Hound. I liked really? Hound. Yeah. yeah I oh, liked John Hound. Goodman. Fucking amazing. I love John Goodman. I-, I hated the rest. I didn't like the samurai guy. I didn't like the the Brit. Um, See, I didn't like. I didn't like Drift at first either. Drift is the samurai dude. Um, I didn't like him at first. This time around, though, I thought he was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I really liked him too. Yeah. I see. One of my favorite aspects of this. Was, were the Autobots. So in the past, really? you get all these people, you get all these different Autobots that are introduced. I don't know fucking any of them. I couldn't tell you any of their, who they were aside from Bumblebee and Optimus. This time, I can tell you the, cause there's only five of them. They all have their own unique personalities. They all stand out from one another. And, uh, there's different reasons why I enjoyed all of them. And I really like that about it. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I gave them all, gave them all a personality that they don't, they don't have in the previous films. Uh, made yeah. them feel like important characters here. I'm just still pissed they got rid of Jazz in the first film. Of all, re- of all Autobots, they got rid of Jazz. And I'm still yeah, pissed, don't even pissed that about is. that. But, That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was the um, Pony Solstice that Megatron ripped in half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I really liked about this is the fucking cars that they had were fucking badass. They were so much cooler than 90% of the cars we've had previously, like the that the Transformers transform into. And yeah. I thought that was awesome. I also um, have a problem with that, though. Okay. Like, if they're being hunted and they are on the run, 
then fucking transform into a Volkswagen or a minivan, but, but not a 50 or $500,000, you know, uh, supercar. <laughs> just the vehicles that they pick. And I know it's a movie and I'm nitpicking. I just fucking hate this movie. But if you want to go incognito, then try to blend in better instead of being all these like souped up cars that the, people are going to notice, you know? But they notice the cars, but they don't know that they're transformers. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's a black and blue car. Every time I see a black and blue car that's a supercar, I think it's a transformer. And I call the number every time because I will never forget your car. I call the number every time. I don't know what that every means. Every time. <laughs> well, the, the, the number to report the Autobots. Oh, gotcha. Jesus, uh, stay with the program, son. Oh, I know. I don't want one over my head. You know what? You're the, you're the reason, Mark. You're the reason that uh, people blame TV for violence right there. Dude, I got mad money now. I'm making bank like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, so the fact that Tessa's boyfriend, whatever the hell his name, which I've already forgotten, Shane, right? Shane? Yeah. The fact that he was... De La Douche. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The fact that he was a rally car driver, the only reason I like that is because it made for a fucking badass car chase in the beginning there. Like, I absolutely love that. Like, the SUV crashes into the tree. Oh, my. It just looks so awesome. God, it was so cool. I loved that car chase scene. I mean, you can actually see the people flying from the cars in this one that you don't normally see. Um, Like, the car jumping out of the window. Give me a break. Like, that's so over the top, but it's so awesome. I love that. Yeah, I legit thought that that rally car was a Transformer when he drove up in the field. I'm like... Yeah, I didn't okay. know, obviously, who it was, yeah. Yeah, I could, did not remember it wasn't, so mm-hmm. I'm like, which Transformer I, I, is like, this? I like, too, when you did that insane-ass jump, and they landed, and it broke the car. Yeah, that was so funny. Because, <laughs> like, Love every it. fucking movie, they would have just driven off. Right. And fun. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, yeah, and then, obviously, Lucas gets killed right then, and that was shocking to me, as I already yeah. mentioned. I, I have to. You said, Mark, that the last one was probably more violent than the others. I think this one goes way over the violent scale, even compared to the last one. Well, now it's become a global epidemic. You know, you don't have just Americans dead now. You now you've got a whole bunch of uh, Chinese people as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think the violence cult, um, the the violence keeps escalating film to film. The yeah. violence and the fluids. Yes. Those robot dogs just, I don't know, secreting what out of their mouths? I have right. no idea. Well, that and uh, Lucas standing there after the. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. That hell. That's what I was waiting for something to happen. Like he was going to turn into a transformer or something, or like he was a robot. Like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, they are lingering on this shot. Very surprising. But I like that they went there. Good for them. Um, yeah. And then the Romeo and Juliet law was just fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly don't know why they included that. Like, right? I just it just it's uh, like it's, it's so douchey. Why so is it douchey. important that he's twenty and she's seventeen? Like, she could have been yeah, could have been nineteen, could have been eighteen, like, whatever. Right? Right. That's but for you. Uh, well, what I was hoping I is think that, she- think that I think I, I wouldn't mind. I honestly, I think it would have been less bad if he just had like the pa- printed paperwork in his wallet just in case. But he has the fucking laminated card. <laughs> or even if they just mention it, and he doesn't have any like card or paper on him. Like, I, maybe I wouldn't have been annoyed by it, but. Which it means was just, that other people find their relationship creepy and yeah. he's been stopped before. Exactly. That's weird. Yeah. What I was hoping is that instead of um, 
of uh, uh, T.J. Miller's character, Lucas, dying, mm-hmm. I, I was hoping that Shane would have died. And then Lucas and uh, Tessa would become a thing. Because let's, <laughs> let's make this super creepy. That's, that's even creepier. Yeah, but you're my Which, dad. I mean, three years apart is not creepy, yeah. but it's just... You're my, you're my dad's partner. I'm like, yeah, now you're my partner. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's fucking weird. Like, let's make it gross, folks. I'm at a point where this <laughs> movie just... This of course, movie's a polish. Let's, let's make Mark it as shitty as possible. Oh man. Um I I I'm gonna be honest, I did not find one ounce of this movie shitty. Not one ounce of it. I had a blast with this one. Everything we've seen up to this point, I've enjoyed. Okay, let's continue. Um, yeah, so let's see what oh, else. Okay, so you enjoy the way that the Decepticons transform now? I didn't I want- didn't have any problem with it. I, I didn't even notice it. I didn't like the whole transformium shit. No, I, me I liked it. Oh no, yes, I love that. Oh, the little balls. That was fucking I, I great. Like, I want to disconnect right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with it? It's just little balls. It's fucking stupid. So you're Why? Me- Why? Oh man, you haven't watched the cartoons. Right. I, I just think I it's fucking ridiculous. So in oh. the first mo- in the first movie, Bay was like, um, so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to pretend that, you know, a big robot can be a small car. So the big robot has to be a big car. So you have to transform your masses and change. Now, in in this version, Galvatron and uh, Stinger. Right. Both they, they man-made physically... transformers. But still, though. So now he's completely disregarded that and that these things could kind of pretty much, you know, transform into a fucking Rubik's Cube if they wanted to because it, it, it goes right. into almost nothing and then goes back into big cars again. Ah, go screw. No, it, it makes perfect sense. It's technology advancing, and that's exactly what the whole point of the thing is. Well, and the, um, the man-made technology has advanced man. to this point. Well, man-made see, is okay better than that. I'm okay with that, and them repairing themselves, and then mid part of the movie. But by the end of the fucking movie, uh, Galvatron has fifty of these fucking things. They yeah. should have decimated that whole fucking city they're in because yeah. they can basically just unform and then reform themselves and not be damaged. Yeah, that was but, one thing that I was trying to figure out how they was going how they were going to make it work that they, you know, weren't destroyed. I didn't understand that and I don't think that was really explained yeah. or answered. You think they'd be able to dodge over all the bullets and stuff, but no, yeah. they take the damage and um... Yeah, it would be like fighting like uh, the Transformers fighting like 50 T-1000s. You know, it's just like, how do you win against that? And they just kind of like, eh, we're just going to ignore that whole middle part of the movie where we had them just kind of like completely fix themselves. You know, it's fine. Oh, and and not not just that, though, but it being so, I guess these robots are so fucking stupid that Hound by himself can take on wave after wave. Uh, of these fucking shitty human transformers, it, 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 to me, like you have an invading force of like these new transformers coming after you, and Hound's able uh, to go through all the ammo and take them all down with taking a bit of damage, but still surviving. How can he not get swarmed and destroyed? Because Hound is like the fat Wolverine. Yeah, but still, he was slow <laughs> as fuck. And that's one more thing I've noticed watching all these four movies back to back to back. They all do this. These Transformers love to jump in the air and do fucking barrel rolls and shoot people at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it's, these, these seem to prefer landing on their shoulders to bounce <laughs> back up again. That's all they do is do fucking barrel rolls and shoot. 
I, I, I'm just. I'm, I think I got transformer fatigue. I'll be honest with you. It looks cool. I like it. I enjoy it. They don't love it. It's that they're being held hostage by Michael Bay. <laughs> Sucks. And we have to watch another one after this. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. Oh Jesus Christ. Um. So, uh, where were we at this point? I don't even remember. But uh, um, I rant. Uh, you were you were uh, jerking oh. off to pictures of uh, Shane. I yes. That's you were at. Yes. yes. So, uh, so continue. Stanley Tucci's. I don't know. I say Tucci. It might be Tucci. Whatever. Stanley's character. Stanley it was from the Hunger Games. Pucci? Is that how you say it? Okay. I, I call it Tucci. I think it's Tucci, right? I, that's why I feel like that's why I say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. So right when you first meet him, I was just like, oh my god, like this guy is. My instant reaction is just uber douchebag. Like even his name, Joshua Joyce, <laughs> is just about as douchey as you can get. And so, because of that, I loved the, like the transformation that his character makes throughout. Um, yeah. He becomes the, he starts with that, and then becomes like one of my favorite toward the end because of like the humor that he brings to the whole thing. And then obviously he finds his humanity and makes the right choices and blah blah blah. But um, I really enjoyed him in his role and the character how it was written. I really liked that. Yeah, I he did is like one of the, yeah. yeah, he's one of the saving graces in this film. Yeah, one of the many. I would agree. But the thing is, he's he's such a powerful man at the beginning, and then he becomes like a, a yippy dog by the end. Yeah, as he should, because he's he threatens the people that are that can kill him in a heartbeat without being caught, and that's kind of. I, I'm just surprised that Prime didn't kill him. That who didn't? I'm sorry. Prime didn't kill him. I'm surprised because he did oh. an about genocide in his in his in his uh, company. Well, see, but that's the thing. They were- is- he wasn't actually killing the Autobots. Right. It was, it was the CIA guys who were doing it. And Prime mm-hmm. did actually no. kill Kelsey Grammer. No, so. no, no, no. Because we saw they killed Ratchet. Oh, they picked up Ratchet, but they melted Ratchet down. And you know he's an yeah. Autobot because he has colors. They were melting Ratchet down, but they didn't kill... The company didn't kill Ratchet. It was the mercenaries and okay and Lockdown. But they still cremated the body. Like they still, like they still salvaged the the, oh, yeah. the the corpse. You know, and there's no way he did not know that was not an Autobot because of all the fucking media coverage that these robots had over the course of the the first few movies. Maybe because the one of the people that worked for uh for him didn't know that it was an Autobot when they were tearing it down. She's like, oh, you know, you 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 don't have a problem with a Decepticon. He's like, and Wahlberg's like, yeah, that's not a Decepticon. That's that's an Autobot. That was Ratchet. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that scene. I know what you'd be talking about. Might not all be well known. I mean, they worked closely with the military. The military might know, but I don't know if like every regular everyday people would know the difference. Oh, they would. Especially (laughs) if they want. Especially if they want uh, the public to call every time they see an Autobot. You know that their fucking faces were plastered all over. Well, I think yeah, they media. want them to call for any aliens. It doesn't just say Autobots. It just says aliens. And so whether it's a Stepano or Autobot, they want them to report them. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I just think that they would they would have sent pictures of, hey, these are the people that are still, you know, uh, that are still uh, on the run. If you see these guys, please let us know. At least a well-informed uh, Canadian like myself, I would have asked for details. Right. I would yeah, click on the link to get this, a profile. This takes place in Texas. Yeah. And um, that's all we need to say. Um, I love Austin. <laughs> I've not been, but I really want to go. I heard it's amazing. Um, one of the, one scene I really enjoyed, uh, which I'm sure you didn't, but it was the scene 
at the checkpoint when they're trying to like break into the not break in but get into the building uh where the um transform whatever the hell it's called is being like processed or made or whatever mm-hmm. and the armed guards are standing there and he and uh Cade brings up the fact that he thought he heard him in his house and uh threatens to you know basically call the guard over and the guy freaks out and tells him yeah it was him and he's like i'm literally going to kill you after this i thought that was uh an enjoyable scene that made me chuckle you're you're correct because i did not um you're gonna (laughs) sacrifice you know the fucking mission with these fucking uh armed guards just so that you can get down to who was in my house with my with my god with my daughter i don't think he was going to at all no but he wanted the guy to believe that yeah but but why why put fucking attention on yourself that's that's the thing. You want to just you want to get into that company, but no, let's fucking toy around with a fucking security guard with a big fucking gun over you know something trivial as uh, daughter relations. I yeah, but he doesn't even do anything with them. Yeah, he's still fucking still want to come over. Well, yeah, it's not they like were coming he, over anyway though because he yeah. had to talk to him and check no, the badges. No no, 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 because he wasn't there yet in line. He he. Fucking no, you're right. Like, yeah, he calls the guy over, but it didn't matter because the other guy was coming over anyway. So I mean, someone's coming to talk to him. So all you had to do was talk to the other guy. This is a premature talk, making the guy who's driving the car sweat. Yeah. You don't want that. Why do you want to look all fucking suspicious and like, you know, terrorist? it's funny. Well, That's why. Because it, it's, yeah. it's it made funny, me laugh. Parents, trust me, parents do that shit. <laughs> not parents, not parents if that are protective of their kids do that shit. But not and, if you're working with them, your Autobots. To, to them, it's not trivial. So, oh, you know. And, and, and one more thing. Yeah, that's a good point. It wouldn't be trivial at all to him. I find that the the plot of why Mark Wahlberg is helping the Autobots so he can get his family back, his family name back, I thought that was so fucking weak. You can understand LeBeouf, but I did not, I did not like uh, Wahlberg's motivations to stick around and all this shit at all. I thought it was fucking dumb. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't even know. I don't remember what the motivation was. It just, it to me, his motivation, was it was the right thing to do. And that's why he was doing it. And that's all I needed. Like, I couldn't even tell you what the movie tried to give as justification. But from the conversations that he had with him and, you know, I save you, you save me type of thing that was going on. It just felt like it was, he was doing it because it was the right thing to do. And that was perfectly acceptable for me. I didn't we have a problem with that. this podcast for July 4th. This, this, is, so raw. this is so raw, raw. No, stupid. it had nothing to do with a country. It had everything to do with the person, wait, the people. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. My my wife has something to say because she's been uh-huh. listening. Fuck the right thing to do. They put a gun to his head. You put a gun to my son's head, there will be nowhere in the place that I can't will not take you and every relative and ancestor you've ever had out. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's like what I'm. What I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's what he needs to do. Clear things out. We're gonna go. You know, roll with fucking uh, alien robots that are being hunted to begin with. His house was destroyed. Company. What else? I mean, he doesn't have really much of an option. Like he's got to go with uh, Prime to be literally saved from death. Obviously, and then where's he gonna friends. go? His, his house is destroyed. His home is gone. I think it's fucking stupid. I think the whole plot was stupid. I think they should have brought Shia LaBeouf back. Fair enough. We'll just have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed Bumblebee's uh, tantrum in the building when uh, I, I, that – which one was it? Stinger, I guess. They were talking about how they made Stinger basically in Bumblebee's uh, image but made him better. I thought that was enjoyable watching Bumblebee go, get mad about that, taking it all very personally. But I love Bumblebee. so, And I liked his badass like old school Camaro look. That was fucking awesome. 
I did like the paint job. Yeah. That matte finish. And I hate matte finishes, but there's uh, an exception. Fun fact, the producers of the movie actually ripped off a custom job that some guy did, I think, in Australia for his Camaro. Oh, really? Yeah, they actually, like, the look is almost identical. That's awesome. They didn't, yeah, they didn't compensate him or do anything for him at all. It's just like, I hope the guy sued. (laughs) That's very cool. Um, so I felt I feel like I've heard the name Galvatron and Stinger before. Were these people like that existed previously to this film at all? Galvatron, Galvatron was the was what Megatron got turned into in Transformers the movie. Okay, that's how I know the name then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything. Oh, Stinger, about Stinger? No. Okay, just no, uh, Galvatron. Okay, interesting. Because I thought it I thought it sounded familiar, but I couldn't figure out uh, if that was it or not. So good. Um. I loved, it wasn't what, uh, who was it? Uh, Lockdown. Yeah. His entrance I thought was just awesome. Um, the, uh, just that shot of this new transformer walking down the street with this giant spaceship thing behind him was fucking mind blowing. I loved that one a lot. And then obviously come to find out it's Lockdown who has a pretty important role here in this part of the film. Um, but I really, I really liked that introduction. I thought it was a great way to introduce a character because he looked badass. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool when he was uh, had like, that gun face. I thought that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And as well, when he had the shield over his, uh, his like, I guess his robot face, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool too. I, I did like that character a lot. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because like the um, – the something you talked about from the last films, kind of the Decepticons or the, the bad guy Transformers in this one are still pretty much all gray, um, at least the ones that are kind of doing anything. I know Stinger's like a – purpley pinky red thing mm-hmm. um but uh, you know galvatron's still gray which obviously uh you know is it's, our it's main true. villain and then iron or lockdown is real gray and it's interesting that he chooses to continue to make them all gray yeah i liked the um well stinger had the little, little flourish of color which i liked yeah um, galvatron i think was a missed opportunity to maybe go back to the g1 look and add mm-hmm. some purple to it yeah um and as well, Galvatron was more of like a laser cannon and wasn't a semi-truck. But I did like the look of that like European truck a lot. So I didn't mind that so much. But a little bit of purple would have been kind of cool to see. Yeah. So as much as I enjoyed Wahlberg in this, I do love the fact that that motherfucker can never hide his Boston accent, especially because he's supposed to be a Texan in this film. And that just cracks me up. Because he's playing himself. One yeah, note. he cannot not have a Boston accent. I really liked the uh, the I call it I guess the rope scene from the uh, from the spaceship that's there I don't know, the ship whatever the fuck you call it mm-hmm. and the uh, like the ropes are going down to one of the buildings and they're trying to walk across them and then the dogs come out and try to attack I really liked that scene it looked incredible in 3D um, so like the special effects work was amazing and uh, I just enjoyed it I thought it was annoying that Tessa was being annoying on it but. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed that scene. I like that Bumblebee was the one who saved the day with it. Yeah, the, the way I see it with Tessa, she felt a lot like a one of those um, uh, missions in like Resident Evil, where you got to take the, the vice president's daughter from point A to, B, to point B. <laughs> uh, you know, at least with like the previous girls in the film, it, they kind of helped out, or they were they were not so helpless. I guess mm-hmm. I just found she was. Again, maybe because they're playing the whole I'm only 17. Um, but I just found the two of the girls were a lot more um, 
capable in action scenes. Yeah, that, that, than his character. That's definitely a good point that I never really, I didn't really think of. But no, you're right. Yeah, she does seem like I can't think of a moment where she really adds to it or helps much. Most of the time, she's being rescued, she's being saved. Um, like even there's that point where she's stuck in the car and uh, they're running up the car and he's like, break the window. And she's literally tapping on it. And she's like, I'm trying. It's like, no, you're not doing fucking anything. You're tapping on the window. Like yeah. do something. Uh, so yeah, I would agree with that. I'm expecting her to be more badass in the fifth film, depending mm-hmm. on how much time has elapsed between the two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good point. I would, I would imagine that to be the case as well. Um, so I with this one, yeah, go ahead. Both my wife and I uh, watching this time because I didn't remember it from the other times, but uh, the dogs that lock down six down uh, six on the people to track them down and find out what's going on, they're not dumb. You know, they they mm-hmm. they quickly figure out. Oh, hey, we can really <laughs> fuck their day up. <laughs> exactly, chew these chew the ropes instead of walking down them. Yeah, it's a good. It's smart. It's good. Um. So I love seeing Chicago getting all the action in the last film because we don't really see that a too terribly much in film. Um, but I mean, I was a little disappointed that they chose to go back to Chicago here, but that was saved by the fact that they went to, uh, they went to China after they went to Hong Kong specifically. And, no, 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 uh, no, no. they went to Detroit. Well, yeah, but <laughs> right. But it looked awesome. Like I love those shots once we get to Hong Kong, which we'll talk about those later. Uh, as we as we continue on, but I um, wish they they would have gone to a different city other than Chicago because um, you could really place that building anywhere. I mean, I, I, it makes sense that it's in Chicago, but it really could have been anywhere, and it would be interesting to see somewhere different, somewhere new. But um, so really, the whole like goal of the film, the main point of the film, or, or what the characters need to achieve, doesn't even really show itself until there's less than an hour left. Um, and it's almost like a Frankenstein situation where the, the created becomes the, con- uh, the, the controller. They're trying to, you're trying to take down the thing that you've created, right? With, um, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua trying to take down what he's made in, uh, Galvatron. And that doesn't even really, and that's what the whole end of the film is going to be. And it doesn't even really rear itself until there's less than an hour left, which is crazy to me. And it just kind of screams of, uh, trying to cram too much stuff into one film. And I think yeah. that is something that uh, Ash was mentioning when he talked about this film uh, leading up to this. Do you still feel that way, Ash? That they just yeah. put too much in one movie? They're, okay, because like, they weren't planning on... like I think they were thinking about doing a trilogy. And then at some point at, around the third movie came out, like Avengers hit big. Mm. And they're like, Hey, we could do this with Transformers. Yeah. And so instead of, you know, doing like a couple of smaller movies to build up to it, they just keep cramming everything into the tentpole movie. And it's like, okay, you could have split this movie. I, and they're like literally who could go in and I could probably rewrite this movie with just rearranging a couple of scenes and taking a few things out and making it two separate cohesive films that actually tell a decent, you know, tell decent yeah. stories and, and work. I think it would. Yeah. Like they, they crammed too much into it. It feels yeah. like this, the, this time watching it was the only time I felt, I looked down at my watch and was like, Holy shit, I got an hour left yet. Are you shitting me? You know? <laughs> and, and I, it, I hadn't felt like that with the other Transformers movie, but I got it with this one because they keep throwing too much shit at you. 
It's like, it's like you have to, I, I don't know. It's like, we're going to throw a whole bunch of world building in and, and, I, I am. That's probably my biggest complaint. Is it, it's great that you have the world building, but you need to space it out a little bit. You know, get let the audience absorb and breathe, and the, they just keep cramming more and more in as the film goes on. It's just a, they could have done without the Dinobots in this movie. No, they fucking shouldn't have. I love the Dinobots so okay. fucking much. See, I, I love this the Dinobots. The yeah, Dinobots fuck were yeah. great. Um, this was the first film since the first one that I didn't think to myself, this is, this is long. Uh, this one was the longest yet and it was, it flew by for me. Um, I was, uh, not staring at my watch like I was in the last one. The last one I thought dragged so much. This one I thought just worked really well, even though there was a lot there uh, it's still, it just made the two hour, 45 minute runtime fly by for me, you know, which obviously you know, Mark, I, I, I do, Mark doesn't agree, obviously, and, or yeah, Ash, well, but no, I, 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 Mark, I, I do think that there's this, there might be one thing about this film that separates it from the others that may have been the clincher. This is the first Transformers movie that isn't co- accompanied by a song from Lincoln Park. <laughs> Imagine dragons instead. Which yeah. I don't mind. Which I don't that's mind. The new, that's just, the new like, hot thing. No Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the Beeps uh, band, you know. So I guess I got to start something new for uh, for Wahlberg. But hmm. now, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I did. I, I liked. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I just like the manic energy that Shia had with his comedic talents, and I just it's sorely missing this movie. It, it, it really is. Wahlberg does not compare to to Shia's character at all. You know, and I don't he, think they're supposed to though. They're completely different people in different you know blocks of life. But it makes this movie so much, so much. It's so, so drab compared to the previous movies. Mm. I just find this like the last hour and a half is action scene after action scene, and I'm like, when is this going to be over? It oh, just, I didn't want it to be. I love that. Oh, really? Really? Okay. All right. I did have one problem. Later on, when they're they're in Hong Kong and and lockdown shows up and starts dropping, you know, sucking up the ships and everything else and dropping them on them, which I'm okay yeah. with that. So impressive. Well, visually. it's a perfectly valid tactic. I hated the running commentary in the car, <laughs> stating the <laughs> obvious. It's like, I know, oh it's my funny. god, you it's could stupid. cut that. You could trim thirty seconds of footage out of this mm-hmm. movie right there. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I loved, like, I actually had to rewind it too. There was one sequence where the Dinobots start getting sucked up and you can see the Triceratops like scrambling, trying not to get sucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember what you were talking about, you know, it's like right before he gets, they, they're sucking him up and he gets like stuck on that bridge and that's kind of how he holds himself there for a little bit at least. But, um, I loved jo- like right when they get to Hong Kong, Joshua's like his laugh attack in the elevator um, that's when I really started liking that character. He was just so funny. Like, you know, I'm, I'm barely feeling any jet lag. He's talking to this, this guy who can't understand him. And he's just like, I like her. I find her very attractive. And he just kept, he keeps going and going and it's just so funny. And then the girl comes in and, uh, saves him. And then at the end he tries to kiss her. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was fucking great. I really, I really enjoyed that I thought, moment. 
I, my probably my favorite part of that sequence. Well, not just the fight sequence with her, because that was fucking awesome. But she's no, great. Him, yeah. Him him texting his text to find out. I know. What happened if <laughs> and he gets back the the nuke emoji, and he just starts cracking up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's good. Um, there's a couple really good shots once they get to Hong Kong. So. Um, the, first off, I love the visual of, uh, like the apartment units, how they all look, you know, when, so there's this one shot, um, the camera pans up to, um, what's his name? The guy that we were talking about earlier, uh, uh, James Savoy, Titus is, uh, the actor played by yeah. Titus or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so the camera pans up to him. And he's standing in the middle of all these apartment units. And then uh, uh, Harold Attinger walks onto the screen. Just such a great shot. They use those apartment units so well. Um, the lighting there just looks so good. Uh, and I love that. Just the, vi- the visual of all these people in such a small space was very cool. And uh, there's just a couple a couple shots like that um, that showed up during specifically during this um, Hong Kong attack that really stood out to me as as excellent did you guys see it looked like so at one point Cade and james they land in this person's apartment and they start fist fighting right yeah did you see it looked like there was a kid in a cage that was watching them did you see that in the apartment the cage, yeah, the apartment. Was, actually, the cage was like part of a wall it, it's like you know those apartments are pretty run down so the the cage was just a part of the wall and they were fighting in a nursery so that's just uh Oh, that's just they put kids in cages there because they're so happy in the air that they are afraid that they're going to fall. <laughs> so it's it's more of a it's more of a safety thing, which might seem weird for our <laughs> Western culture here, but uh, in the East uh, they put a lot of things in cages. It was it was really strange to me. I would uh, I would admit I was like, is that happening? But okay. Now, can you would you ever believe that Mark Wahlberg's character could beat Titus's character, a trained CIA operative? Um. Which like, like seriously? So they're fighting. Oh, in the, they're fighting in the in the Chinese uh, apartment building, right? Right. And yeah. Like, can you really imagine Mark Wahlberg's character actually beating the guy from the CIA? Well, he just gets no. like one good shot in, right? Really, because it's yeah, not a long they, fight or anything. He just gets one shot and the guy goes down. The CIA guy should have fucking killed him, like like that. Yeah. He's trying yeah, to that, do that. Could be. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, Good point, but was, honestly, it didn't. I didn't strike me when I was watching it, so I'm, I can't really call it a complaint at this point, you know. Uh, okay. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Hmm. I was just. I was. I was. Uh, I mean, that's how it always works with any film, though. If you're liking it, you 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 give shit like that a pass. You don't even think about it. If you're not liking it, then you point out everything that annoys you, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the movie is. That's how. That's just how we are when we watch film. Yeah, and I can agree. This with was that. one that I was liking, and so it didn't. It didn't hit me. It didn't even strike me at all. I didn't even think about it. And obviously it's one you didn't. And so it's something, you know, you're at that point where you're just finding things because they're so, they're obvious. That's very obvious. I just didn't think about it. Uh, and so I just, I feel like that's with anything, but, um, and I know Mark, you probably didn't like this. Uh, what did you think of Optimus Prime's battle speech in this one? Cause you know, it was coming and then it did. Like, yeah, I've seen it, it was before. very, uh, I've seen it before. Yeah. It was very, um, weak. I felt compared to his other, his other battle cries. But you knew it was coming because, like you mentioned, the last one—it's always there and it's always the—it's uh, to be expected. That same type of speech, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm fine. But like any, uh, but any big film though, like Independence Day, mm-hmm. Pacific Rim, yeah. they all have that speech. So yeah, exactly. Be expected. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it'd be expected. But I think part of it being short was, um, he's tired. <laughs> He's worn the fuck out at the end of this movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, yeah. The film's almost three hours. So is the audience. They're tired too. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I don't know. Like, just as they went on, it just new things were introduced that kept me going, I guess. And at this point is when the fucking Dinobots are introduced. And oh my God, I just marked out hardcore for the Dinobots. I thought they were fucking awesome. Um, and at that point, Optimus gives his battle cry, and then, um, oh, what was his name? Not Howl, uh, or not Hound, rather, but, um, oh, shit, I'm forgetting you, his name. The other, see them, or, uh, or, or, or the Corvette, uh, the green Corvette, Drift, uh, Drift, right? Yeah, Ken yeah, Wantby. Yes. Um, he says, uh, or maybe it's Hound that's, uh, one of them says, you just want to die for the guy. That's leadership or brainwashing or something. And then uh, the other uh, Autobot says, no, that's Optimus Prime. I love that line. It was a good one. Gave me goosebumps. Fucking loved it. So I didn't, uh, I didn't like, I didn't, I wasn't moved by Prime's speech this time, but I was moved by what was said about him afterwards because it just, it felt so right and uh, very well played. But the Dinobots were, I mean, just uh, some of like the coolest visuals uh, in this one. I really, they, they just kind of lifted this movie to another level for me. Um, I mean, at one point, the Dinobot is like, he literally eats another one of the fucking uh, Decepticons, or I guess they're not Decepticons, the one of the other Transformers. Um, and it's just like, I just felt in awe staring at the screen like a little kid just grinning. Like, I really enjoyed that. Um, and just like you were talking about, Mark, uh, just like the nonstop action at the end here, just really like it was a lot of fun to watch from my perspective, at least. See, but. again, I, I just found it felt repetitive. Like there's only so much, you know, cars getting flown in the air and explosions that after a while, I just don't care anymore. Um, that's why I think I, I loved the battle for Chicago so much in the third. But in this one, you had Chicago, you had Detroit, you had uh, the uh, city in, in China. I'm not sure which one it was. It just was like more of the same. And after a while, I just it just doesn't uh, it doesn't affect me as much anymore. See, and I think that's what's interesting is that I thought it it, it did still affect me because there was just different things happening in this one compared to the other ones. Okay, that I thought were uh, that was like engaging, I guess. Um, but I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I mean, it's still just destruction porn, right? But like, like really, the reason why they went the to China is because you know uh, a Chinese company uh, paid for part of the film, like they did in Iron Man three. They're introducing more uh, Chinese elements is be- because the audience is so huge out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was a need to go to three different spots. I see it for the finish in China, great, but we didn't have to do. We didn't have to jump all all over the world. I think maybe two different locations would have been enough. But yeah, so what do we get? We get Texas, Chicago, and Hong Kong, right? Wasn't it Detroit as well? Well, no, Detroit's where it was filmed. Like that was Hong Kong was actually filmed in Detroit. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Really? Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Isn't it great that they can just you know throw a few things up in Detroit and it looks like a decimated Hong Kong? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's I that I did not know. Yep. Yeah, I, I yeah. My buddy was in this film actually. 
Really? Well, I didn't see him. Yeah, I didn't see him, but he was, you know, probably got cut. I don't know. <laughs> um, he didn't have a speaking role. He was just like an extra that got like, was part of the destruction. Okay. But, um, uh, but yeah, shit, you just said something that was, that made me think of something else, but I don't remember what it was. So continue on with what you were saying. If you were saying anything. Oh, I think I was done. Okay. Um, what the fuck was I just thinking? The different, uh, we're talking about the different filming locations. Eh, I don't know. Oh, whatever. Uh, filming in Detroit looks like China. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So China. Um, what, what I did like about, uh, the filming in China was the, uh, like the, the na- natural scenes. So outside of the city, I really like those scenes. Um, like you have, um, at one point, I think like the, the spaceship is crash, not the spaceship, the ship is crashing into, is it, are those temples? I don't know what you'd call them. Uh, they're, kind of like the like the building that you would see if you were to google search china if you know what i'm saying oh, i don't sure. know what those are called though yeah. um but you know what i mean like how they look um and uh i like that aspect of it like the mountains looked really good and again i feel like a lot of this my, my enjoyment probably came from the 3d aspect of it because it all looked so good in 3d especially like those wide scenes that were clearly shot with the IMAX camera uh, yeah. and a lot of those are going to be the nature scenes the wide open scenes that have some crazy action bit happening um, and so I feel like that's probably why I enjoyed it so much I'm not saying you would have liked it better otherwise but I don't know if I would have liked it as much had I only watched it in 2D I guess I'd say okay but I'm such a I, I'm a sucker for stupid shit like that though so I mean uh, you know you may not be you know but I, I love me some good 3D I'm just yeah. haven't watched Avatar yet. You should jump on that. Yeah, I will. It's another one that's like super long, so I just have always avoided it. Yeah, but I do own it in 3D, so I got to watch them. Um, you get the uh, the sunlight taking over the shot kiss at the end when uh, mm-hmm. Tessa kisses shot. I'm like, oh, there it is, there it is. Camera spinning, the sun's flaring over this. You know, doing the lens flare over the shot. Yeah, there it is. Um, I thought this was interesting at the very end. And maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't, but it felt like to me that they edited out an interaction between Joshua and his assistant. And I felt like it was probably a kiss that they edited out. Did you catch that at all? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I could be crazy. There was was a weird jump. A weird jump because I was expecting them to come together and kiss, but they suddenly started coming together and then boom, it cuts to a different scene and they're like standing side by side. I know. It was just, it was a weird jump. You want something weird? Yeah. In the final battle between mm-hmm. Galvatron and no, was it Galvatron? No, it was Longshot and Optimus. And then you had that fight between Mark Wahlberg and Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, there's a scene after Grammer dies because he dies pretty quickly. Right. Um, Very. Yeah. Where Wahlberg is against a wall and the wall explodes. Okay. And right before it explodes, if you pause, there's a fucking guy there. And I don't know where this guy came from. Really? Yeah. And I don't think it's supposed to blend in with the wall or something. I don't think it was supposed to be there. But huh. it, it, and it caught my eyes at the, on the projector, right? Because it's so big. Yeah. And right. I pause. I'm like, there's a guy there. And then he's gone right away. So that's I don't know really if that's weird. a technical snap or not. But uh, right. I caught that. And it was, I thought it was really interesting. That's Yeah, that is interesting. I'm kind of... I'm interested in going to look and see if I can find it and see what it is. But yeah, yeah. I was maybe maybe it's just me, but I'm like I think uh, yeah. There's a there's a guy there, and I don't think he's supposed to be there. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I'll definitely have to take a look at it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so cool. Any other um, things you want to talk about, or should we move on to our final thoughts on this one and our star ratings? Oh, we can. Well, uh, I'm I'm good. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, look, okay. So here. Uh, in the Optimist lockdown fight, when Cade hides behind the wall and lockdown fires around into the bit of wall right next yes. to Cade, yes. all of a sudden someone in a gray suit is visible behind the wall for less than a second, who instantly bursts into a cloud of red mist. He wasn't there in the shop before and no trace of him whatsoever can be seen afterwards. So apparently you're not the only one who's seen it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm it's under uh, the continuity errors on IMDb. Ah, cool. Okay. Good eye though. Man, alive. Thank you. Less than a second. That's crazy. I like shit like that. I, I, I like shit like that if it's interesting. That's what Not if it's just, oh, there's the boom uh, mic. Uh, laser eyes. Exactly. Fantastic. So, Ash, go ahead and give your final thoughts and your star rating for Transformers Age of Extinction. I like the action. I liked that we actually got to know the Autobots. I still hate that the Decepticons are basically just disposable cannon fodder. Um, we don't get to know them at all. Like, which was the exact opposite of, you know, all of the Transformers media that's come before. Um, and they just keep going with it here, which I mean, we got to get to know the Autobots a lot better, which I liked. Um, I liked Cade. Uh, I actually like Mark Wahlberg in this one. Uh, I liked the kind of mix of humor and stuff. I just think they crammed too much world building into this. They could have saved some of it or split this up into a couple of movies Instead of trying to, you know, throw it all into one temp hole. Uh, I think it tries to do too much with what it's got. I think it, it manages to pull some of it off. Some of it's just kind of like, eh, okay. Uh, do I hate it? No. I I rather enjoyed this one, actually. Um, it's not my favorite of the, of the series. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'd sit and watch it again. I, I think I actually prefer this one over uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Um... Uh, so I think I'll give this one, hmm, I think I'll give this one a three out of four. Excellent. Three out of four from Ash. And Mark, what about you? What are your final thoughts on Transformers Age of Extinction and your star rating? I did not like this movie at all. Um, I thought, uh, a lot of the fun of the film got lost with Shella gone, um, and Totoro for that matter too. Um, I think. Uh, Tucci, his character brought a bit of the fun back. I think Mark Wahlberg is a one-note pony. I did not care about his daughter. I did not care about the daughter's boyfriend and that dynamic. Um, I did not like the Transformers. Um, the additions, the only one I liked was Hound. Um, I didn't like the other two. Um, I liked Longshot. I'm excited to see Galvatron in the next film. Um, I don't think we saw much enough of him even though I did not like the way they transform. Um, it was too long. This could have been cut up into two films or, you know, yeah, it, it was, it was too long. It was plotting, uh, too much boom at the end does is just, it, it just, it's too much for me. I just lose interest. And I look at my watch. Um, I thought the Dinobots were lame. I thought they didn't look cool at all compared to, again, um, I like the G1 versions. I did not like these versions at all. These felt more like pets than actual Autobots. Um, it didn't seem like they had any robot intelligence. Um, but we didn't see them in robot mode that much, which is too bad because they were imposing characters. They looked better as robots than they did as dinosaurs. I didn't like the whole metal spiky thing. Um, I would have liked to see splashes of gold and red. Um, I didn't like Swoop. 
having two tails, and I think it had two heads. Make a pterodactyl a pterodactyl. Um, so yeah, this is my least favorite of the series. I would watch uh, Revenge of the Fallen over this again. Um, I give this half a star. <laughs> wow. Unexpected, even with what you had been saying. Interesting. Yeah, Very good. Much. I am going to watch it again in 3D. Yeah, but definitely. I'm not. I'm not rushing to watch it again. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a long one to watch in close proximity. But yeah. cool. So, Transformers: Age of Extinction feels like a reboot to the Transformers series, and it takes it in a, a different a direction that I absolutely fucking loved. Bay finds a way to make a nearly three-hour film feel quick thanks to the insane amount of action he packs into one movie. I'm genuinely in awe at how fast this film felt because I was dreading having to watch it knowing that it had a longer runtime than the third film, which I didn't like at all and dragged the majority of the time. Um, it feels like Michael Bay was almost rejuvenated with his new cast of characters in Age of Extinction, and he brings some new things to this one that really helps set it apart from the original trilogy. It also has some of the absolute best 3D I've ever seen in my home entertainment system, and I cannot imagine now watching this in 2D um, in the future because of how well the 3D is implemented throughout the entire movie. Um, this one has humor, but it doesn't rely on it nearly as much as the first two. Um, and that works a lot better here than it did in Dark of the Moon, which just felt overly dramatic and dark and brooding for the sake of being dark and brooding. Um, the Autobots are a lot more manageable here because there are only five of them, and each one has its own unique personality, which also makes them all identifiable for the very first time in the series for me. Uh, John Goodman is fantastic as Hound. I always love him, and he didn't let me down here. Um, I was initially disappointed that Bay decided to go back to Chicago, but he more than makes up for that once we get to Hong Kong. The action sequences there in Hong Kong showcase some insanely awesome, just breathtaking special effects work. And the introduction of the Dinobots, I absolutely loved. Um, I liked our new human characters as well, even though uh, the boyfriend took some time to win me over, and then even then he barely did. Um, Stanley Tucci... He's an excellent actor, and he handles Joshua better than most could. And he finds, and the way he finds his humanity and makes him endearing late in the film is is admirable. Um, Age of Extinction, it had me laughing, I was cheering, I was gasping, but mostly, it just reminded me why I love watching these big summer blockbuster films when they're done well. They're simply larger than life, and they can make you feel like a kid again, staring up at the screen in awe, just smiling at the insanity that is taking place before your eyes. It just made me happy while I was watching this film. So, I'm giving Transformers Age of Extinction three and a half out of four stars. And it's hard to say that I liked it more or less than the first one, uh, but... It's definitely up there with the first one as my favorite. I don't know which one I liked more, um, but uh, the last one was definitely my least favorite. Then it would be um, the second one kind of in the middle there. But So that was my thoughts on Ape Extinction. So next week we will have uh, a different type of review than we normally do on the show. As I mentioned, every time we do something theatrical uh, because we will not be taking notes throughout the film. Uh, so it definitely has uh, the possibility to be a shorter than average review. Uh, and that's just the way it has to be because we have to go to the theater to see the new one. And so next week we'll talk about the film that actually comes out tonight, Transformers The Last Night, and then we can move on to something else. Before we call it a night, though, let's uh, discuss the featured film for week four. No, 
Yes, week four of the Cinefession Summer Screams Challenge. And that, of course, is because we are in Superhero Week. So that is Darkman from 1990. Now, have you guys uh, seen this one before? Ash, have you seen Darkman previously? <laughs> have I seen Darkman before previously? Yes. Okay. I could Very probably good. recite most of this movie front to back. Oh, really? <laughs> a lot. Okay. Yeah, I uh, this was one of the movies that like my friends and I watched incessantly. Like we wore each other's VHS tapes out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I I'm very familiar with Dark Man. <laughs> okay, excellent. And what about you, Mark? Have you seen this one? Yeah, but like, like I saw it back when I had rented it on VHS when it came out, and okay. maybe maybe like a decade later. So I think this is only like the third or fourth time I've watched it. Gotcha. Yeah, and this was the the first time I've seen it. That's um, you know one of my advantages of putting together the Confession Summer Stream Challenge is I usually pick films that I've been wanting to see that I haven't, um, and this is one of them. Um, I owned the trilogy on DVD, and I just haven't watched it. Um, but then obviously, uh, Scream Factory put out a collector's edition of Dark Man, which I own, um, and that's what I ended up watching. So I watched it on Blu-ray. Uh, so, what were your uh, kind of initial thoughts on this one, or what are your initial thoughts on Dark Man, Ash? Uh, since you've seen it so many times, um, I think it's a fun original um, kind of dark take on you know being a superhero. Uh, I mean, he, you know, it's got all the classic, you know, you know, accident scientist, mad scientist stuff, the mob, you know, the the lost love, the lost life, you know that. The, all that kind of great material to it. Um, plus, it's Sam Raimi at his prime. You know, it's just like, ah, uh, you know, the great camera work, the actions over the top. And and you can see watching this why he was such a great choice to direct the uh, the first three Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man movies. Yeah, definitely see the influence um, here. Or the influence, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can definitely see some of the same techniques in Darkman that you would eventually go on to see in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's just a fun, it's a fun flick. Um, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I am, I think probably what sold it for me when we were friends when we first rented it, because we rented it first and then bought it, uh, <laughs> uh, it was that opening sequence where they're kind of panning through the gang that one dude's on the phone and he's like tell him no tell him no yeah. to him yeah. tell fuck you <laughs> right yeah <It's> like sold <laughs> <laughs> um, very good I, and, um, I was I was like I don't even remember how old I was at the time like 13 or 14 when this came out oh, I okay what is it year is it 89 or 90 90 or? came on 90, 90 yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was 13 when this came out. So yeah, I was right at the right age point right there for that, you know. So definitely, but like I just I loved the effects work in it. Uh, I liked the the whole idea of you know him using the tech he created to not only get revenge on the people that did it to him, but you know to try to try to make things right. It just it it was a neat idea. I mean, and having Liam Neeson in your movie doesn't hurt at all either. So. <laughs> Yeah, and what were your thoughts on this one, um, Mark? Did, or since you've seen it before, did you find anything new or different on this viewing compared to last viewings or anything? No, I kind of rewatched it like it was my first time because I didn't remember okay. exactly all the stuff. Like I was surprised gotcha. when Frances McDormand popped up. I didn't realize she was the um, the uh, the love interest in this film. Right. Yeah. I was romantic. expecting uh, Belinda Torres from uh, Voyager, but that's number two, I believe. So. Uh, oh, okay. Pretty much, this movie is Evil Dead meets Batman. That's how I. <laughs> that's my take from this film. Yes. 
Yeah, I would give it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's so incredibly over the top. Uh it's g- quirky. It's goofy. Um but it's still endearing and that's why I enjoy it. Um it it's very much a product of its time as well. Like the the CGI um, that's used, or it's not even really, well, well I guess it is an, CGI. That's, yeah, that's animation. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever it is that yeah. it, it just, it looks, it doesn't feel like it doesn't hold up very well today, but yeah. it makes it, it adds to kind of its endearing quality of, and it's it just sets it in its time, you know? Um, nothing you can do about that. Um, but, and it adds to this campy feel that it has. And I think if you compare it, like you said, Evil Dead 2 obviously is very campy. Uh, so I feel like that would be, you know, just a, something that you would agree with. Um, and it felt like, like, especially those montage of shots that I'm, that I'm thinking of, they just feel clearly inspired by the Adam West era of Batman, which I was going to make mention at the beginning of the show. And I, I forgot and I feel like an asshole, but, uh, RIP Adam West, we lost him. Uh, I think since our last recording, which was was quite yeah. sad to to find out, um, clearly an icon, especially in our um, genre uh, that genres that we enjoy. So that was a very sad loss. I did not realize he was sick, and so I was very shocked when I found out that he passed. He was, um, also, but, he was also getting up there too. So yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Um, but I felt like the only thing missing from those uh, kind of those shots were the pow and bang bubbles on screen. Um, you know, and I feel like that sounds ridiculous and it is, but still it all came together to form something that I enjoyed watching. Um, I don't even, it's hard to even call it a superhero movie really, because it's, it feels more like a, a revenge thriller than a superhero film because he's not really out there for the greater good. He's out there to get revenge on the people that screwed him over. And so that's why I feel like it's, it's a little difficult to even call it a superhero film. But it does have some of those same tropes, right? Well, yeah, he's not a superhero. He's more of a like a Punisher style character, I suppose. Yeah, but he's yeah, writing his right but first. Punisher you know, falls under mm-hmm. that same umbrella too. So yeah, he, he he would be a vigilante. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely it definitely feels that way. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed this one. Um, it's definitely uh, I can I can definitely see why it has a cult following behind it. Um, and I'm actually planning on going through the other two films, which I've, I'm not, honestly, I'm not expecting much from, but because I own them, I'm going to try to do a series review on it. Um, yeah. I wrote up at a full Darkman review, um, which is kind of what I'm cheating off of right now. And so you'll hear a lot of my, or see a lot of the same thoughts in there. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's definitely a product of its time that is uh, over the top, goofy, and it requires a certain type of audience, I feel like, to really appreciate it. But if you're like us, I feel like you are that audience and you will appreciate it if you haven't seen it. So I would I would recommend this one and I ended up giving it three out of four stars. Um Honestly, what was I think, you, Go no, ahead. I, I think yeah, you compared it to Evil Dead Meets Batman, and I think it's definitely that. Like if you liked the campy parts of Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness, you will abs and you like superhero movies, I think this would be the movie for you. Yeah, you definitely. Know, it, it fits that mold. Mm-hmm. Um I, I still like the over-the-top visuals. I liked the cast. Um, it was neat seeing the guy from L.A. Law playing a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was, you oh. know, and the whole, 
the whole cigar clipping thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I love that Dr. Giggles is like the main bad guy, Larry Drake. Is that mm-hmm. is he also from, uh, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah he, from Ellie Law? Yeah. Yet, though. That, that, that came later. There was, I think he did, I think he's, it, it, he did the Darkman stuff and then, then he did Dr. Giggles later. I oh, think. no, I'm, I'm sure. I have no idea. No, no, no I know yeah. you're right, actually. Yeah. I but Dr. my Giggles point is, I know him too. Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Because I've yeah. seen him in Dr. Giggles only. I've never even seen LA Law, but yeah, yeah. And I love Dr. Giggles. You brought up Adam West, and I remember they'd started because I, my first exposure to Batman was uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, uh, or Tim Burton's yep. Batman with Michael Keaton in Me 1989 too. in the theater. Uh, you know, they made a Darkman TV started, movie in 92? But they, yeah, they started airing batman the tv show and syndication like i'd seen the movie before but i didn't realize what i was watching like way back when because i was a kid i was like oh that's kind of neat but they started airing batman 66 in syndication and around the same time that this came out and i think that's part of why i love this because i fell in love with this 1966 batman when when they started airing that shit you know because it was just like oh my god this is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) and i think that that might be part of the reason why this works so well for me right yeah definitely so so based off this movie they actually made a uh, 30 minute tv pilot uh darkman in 92 it never aired yeah, but, I'm just uh, looking at that. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. But uh, Larry Drake did uh, return as Robert G. Durant. So I'm huh. not sure if they retold the story of the film in the longer, you know, uh, episode pieces. Right. Or, you know, if he didn't die in a helicopter. Because I know he comes back in the second film. So. I wonder if this is like a special feature on the Scream Factory Blue. That'd be awesome. But that would be I'll awesome. have to look. Because I'm interested now. How ugly is that Scream Factory art? I flipped the art. I was oh not a fan of the fine. Yeah, I, I flipped it over as well. Yeah, I flipped it. Uh, I'm like, this is this is ugly. It looks like it's uh, it's pencil crayons. Hmm. I did. Oh, love the honored uh, pilot is on YouTube. It, oh, okay. Yeah, I, oh, see, that? I did. I want the original movie poster for it. And if I had did that version of it, I don't. But yeah, because the, the original movie poster art was fantastic. Oh, totally. I'm sure you could find uh, an original poster like on uh, poster auction sites. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's like, very cool. It's yeah. Like, so uh, um, it's like one of those things that sells every year with along with Pulp Fiction and Army of Darkness for college students. So. <laughs> right. Right. So, what would your star rating be for Darkman, Ash? Uh, um, I I would almost give it a four, but there are parts of it that haven't aged as well as I'd hoped. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to give it a three and a half out of four. I still love this movie. Awesome. And what about you, Mark? I'll give it a solid two and a half. Perfect. Very good. So two and a half, three and three and a half. Very good. All right. So that is going to do it for this week. So next week, we are going to conclude our Transformers arc with a theatrical review of Transformers The Last Night. So make sure you try to hit up your theaters to see that along with us this next week here. And we're also going to be reviewing the final featured film of CSSC 6, which is the Martyrs remake from 2015 for the remake remake slash reboot slash reimagining week. Finally, we'll also review what our plans are for the landmark 100th episode of the Cinefessions podcast, which we are really excited about. And frankly, I cannot fucking believe we're finally at episode 100 almost. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm surprised it's I haven't a great time. off yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Um, 
As always, if you guys have any questions for the three of us here at the show, make sure you hit us up on Twitter using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all the questions you'd like us to answer here on the air. And if you are not following on Twitter, or rather you don't have a Twitter account, you can always email us at contact at cinefessions.com or call us at 1-302-448-TALK if you would uh, like to shoot us any question of the week options. And if you like what you're hearing, please, again, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, if you're not listening to us on iTunes, leave us a review wherever it is that you are listening to us, like Stitcher Radio or Google Play. And uh, all those positive reviews will help us find a larger audience, which is always the point. So thank you for, for doing that. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with all of you there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. Also, Ash, where else can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr on at uh, DHGFASHE. Excellent. And how about you, Mark? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at M... No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> it's uh, Mark underscore Nadeau. It's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And uh, for Instagram, I believe I am mnado 2 Fantastic. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to the 98th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. Bye.